This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Oliver Kemp. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Wednesday, August 11th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. The Kent Online Podcast has been given an exclusive tour of £10 million worth of work being done on a railway line in Kent to help it cope with climate change. The track between Maidstone East and Ashford is closed for nine days. In the past, it's been affected by landslips, so engineers are reinforcing a steep bank at Bearstead with 2,000 soil nails, which will hold the ground in place. Mike Boucher is from Network Rail. During this blockade that we're working in at the moment, we're actually going to be installing 6,771 linear metres of soil nail. And in total, that's 1,390 soil nails. Uh, the project we've got here is going to be, we've been working here since the beginning of June 2021, and we'll here be until February 2022. The work we're doing here is to ensure that trains can run safely through this cutting. Uh, in the past, we've had a number of failures here, the most serious of which disabled a train, um, which was running through the cutting. Uh, and our, the work we're doing today is to stop that from happening again. The equipment we're installing here are called rock bolts and soil nails. And what they are is essentially large steel bars that we drill into the slope itself. And then we fit a mesh over the front of it, which is very much like chicken wire, but much, much stronger. Once we've finished here, this is proposed to last for up to 120 years. And we'll ensure that the rail- railways can run safely and that South Eastern can operate a safe and punctual service for their passengers. Brilliant. And how many people roughly are, are working on site on this job? On site at the moment, we've got between 80 and 100 people working on site at any one time. Um, given the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, our contracts are putting very strict controls. So we have people working within specified drilling shifts and drilling teams to make sure that if we do get one positive case, that these works can continue. Yeah. And um, are there any particular challenges uh, unique to this site that you're facing in terms of the, the physical location, the geology, anything along those sort of lines? One of the biggest challenges we have in this area is that we're in the middle of a housing estate. Um, so I'd like to thank the people from of Weavering and of the estate of Grovewood Drive that we're working close to. Um, they've been very supportive throughout the process and a number have engaged with us as we've been building up to this blockade. And it really makes a difference when we can work with the residents and we they understand what we're doing. We've actually also got a public viewing platform that people are more than welcome to come down to. Um, it's just off Grovewood Drive South. Um, it's through a metal gate. However, you don't need to have any form of PPE or be escorted. So anybody's more than welcome to come and have a look at what we're doing during these works. At the same time, they'll be working on the power supply between Harriet Shimon Charing and smartening up stations on the route. Tom McNamee is also from the company. So overall, um, we're closing the line, as you know, for nine days. And that's primarily to do the essential works that you've been hearing about at Bearstead and the cuttings at Bearstead. But whilst we have the whole line closed, we're utilising um, this opportunity um, to do other works uh, throughout the throughout the corridor. Uh, and overall, we're going to spend about £10 million um, over the nine days in the entirety of the blockade. Um, obviously, the primary primary job as I said the the cutting at Bearstead but not only that we're doing works up around Wheeler Street Tunnel um, at Maidstone East itself 
Um, we're working on every station um, throughout the corridor. So hopefully when passengers return um, to the railway next Monday, they'll see uh, a fresh lick of paint, um, a nice uh, clean and welcoming platform uh, and station um, to resume their, their journeys. Uh, and, and in addition to that, we're doing lots of other little bits and pieces that you know normally we wouldn't need a blockade to do, but we could just be so much more productive um, by using the blockade to do them. And there works like track alignment. So again, um, this isn't um, the, the smoothest piece of railway on our network. So we're doing a, a lot of um, you know maintenance work, uh, alignment works, tamping. So again, customers hopefully will, will have a smoother ride and um, the cups of coffee won't be going flying everywhere um, once they resume um, traveling next week. Uh, in addition to that, we've got some drainage works and, and um, and other other bits and pieces to again it's it's to prolong the life and, and maintain the railway to a good condition. Replacement buses are running while it happens, and you can see pictures of the work at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Our other top stories today. The family of a man who died in a head-on crash on Sheppey have described him as a bubbly person who loved everyone. 45-year-old Shane Scott, who was visiting the area after recently moving away to Lincoln, was killed when the collision happened on Minster Road last Friday night. The driver and passenger of the other car were taken to hospital. Police still want to hear from any witnesses. More than 20 firefighters have been tackling a fire involving a fuel tanker on the A21 near Lamberhurst. At the time of recording, the road was closed between the A262 and Scotney Castle, with drivers being asked to avoid the area. If you live nearby, you're also being told to keep windows and doors closed. This is really distressing for people in Margate who say their pets have been killed by a pair of dogs. At least three cats and three rabbits were reportedly attacked by huskies seen running loose in the Dane Valley area this morning. It's understood the dogs have since been collected by their owner and the council say police are investigating. A sitting-born woman's admitted stealing more than £69,000 from the company she worked for. Carla Loftus took the cash from Southern Glass over a year-long period from January 2020 while working as a general admin. The 32-year-old from Reams Way in Kemsley has been released on bail and is next due at Crown Court. A care home in Faversham has been put in special measures after inspectors found staff and residents were scared of a person living at the site. Ashurst House in Faversham has been rated inadequate by the Care Quality Commission following a visit in June. They concluded the facility was unsafe and those living there were at risk of avoidable harm. The firm running the home has launched an internal investigation. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. Now, as teenagers in Kent decide what to do next after getting their A-levels, there's a reminder that clearing is still an option. Now COVID restrictions have been lifted, it's thought more students who'd previously ruled out going to university might change their mind. Some who didn't get the grades they needed or want to change the course they've chosen will also go through the process. Yasmin Demjan got into the Uni of Kent via clearing two years ago. I actually had an unconditional scholarship offer to go study in London um, and when I got my results it wasn't a case of I couldn't get into the uni that I thought I was wanted to go to. It was I realised I wasn't really excited to go to that uni anymore um, because when I made my applications I think my situation was a little bit different as well. Um, and so I decided to release myself into clearing because I actually really liked the look of Kent itself and I wanted to change my course as well. And how did you find the whole clearing process? Oh, it was really straightforward. What I essentially did is I applied to not just 
Kent just in case but I applied to a few universities that I thought would be a good place for me to go and it really was just seeing what offers I got I think uh, for me it was really easy to get to Kent because their response time was just so much quicker than any other uni so um, even though it was my first choice I it was on the phone to them a few hours after I applied through clearing um, and I spoke to someone who asked me sort of why I wanted to go to Kent and help me set it all up and within like the day of that day of clearing I already had a space at Kent and I was really excited to go to Kent. I guess that really takes the pressure off, doesn't it, and eases any anxieties you might have about getting a place. If it's all done and dusted in one day, then you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, I had it when, um, so I applied to a few unis and I had um, people give me offers after I'd already set everything up with Kent. So their response times just weren't as good as Kent's. And I think that's one of the reasons I chose to go to Kent because they they offered so much support on clearing day. Um, And I think that really reflected how the university does care about students which is something I've really experienced the last two years as well. Obviously being at university has also been very different over the past 16-17 months. For anyone who's perhaps thinking I'm not sure whether to go to uni because I don't know what sort of experience I'm going to get now because of the whole pandemic thing, what would you say to them? Well I would say especially now that restrictions are easing, I think um, I've been told it's highly likely we're going to have somewhat of more of a normal uni experience next year anyway. But for me, if anything, the pandemic helped me to sort of focus on my studies and the university did very much um, try and sort of support students through that. But yeah, I would say it really is worth it now, especially because restrictions are easing so you can sort of get a normal uni experience now and the uni really is trying to sort of cater to students in that way as well. I guess um, we still might have to get used to a bit of face-to-face teaching as well as remote teaching. Do you think that that impacts at all or have you found that okay? Um, If anything, I think that whilst face-to-face teaching is quite nice and the University of Kent does it really well, um, I do actually think that sometimes having things virtually is actually a lot more convenient because you don't have to go to a location and you can, for example, when the lectures were pre-recorded, it meant and I could listen to them in my own time and sort of slow them down, speed them up, do whatever I wanted. So if anything, I wouldn't necessarily be scared of virtual learning because it can actually make your life a little bit easier. Ish has also been speaking with Sarah Bloomfield Mayor, who became Booper's youngest care home manager at 25. She didn't have the grades for uni, but realised she had a passion for caring. She now runs a care home in Hextable and says uni isn't the only route for starting your career. A lot of people, you know, say in school, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think a lot of people think educational wise of what I want to be when I grow up. I need to have, you know, a good education behind me, etc. Not many people really turn around or used to back in the day turn around and say, do you know what, when I'm older, I'm going to be a carer. But actually, do you know what, if it was spoken about a lot more now academically and what you need to be able to be a carer, which actually isn't much, you just need to be compassionate. You need to be empathetic. You know, you need to have a drive for caring for people. And unfortunately, that's not something that's taught in school. It's something that's within you. So grades, etc., make no difference. If you've got a caring personality, you know, that, that's the kind of people that are in care. And speaking a bit more broadly about what opportunities you have, I mean, obviously students across Kent finding out their results, of course, not everyone's going to be happy with, you know, how they've done. Um, what would be your immediate advice to someone who hasn't necessarily got the grades that they need to go to uni? What would you tell them to do? I guess not panic first. Of course, 100%. And I mean, to be fair, I think my, glory, my story is a great example. I ended up in care by chance. 
but I absolutely love my role and I'd love to see so many other people following my footsteps. Um, again, what I've always said to people, you know, growing up is grades aren't everything and it's easy to find a dream career without actually going to university because I never went to university and look where I am now. And I think a lot of people also think that once you've finished at school at 18, that there isn't any further education that you can have, obviously, to support you. But working in care, apprenticeships are a great way to combine learning and working. So, I mean, you know, the growth is endless within working for care, especially around NVQ level two, three, five, you know, all the way up to NVQ level seven part of management. So there is, of course, that opportunity for learning as you go through apprenticeships is that that you could go straight into work if you wanted to so there is other options besides you need to launching a career of course yeah and as I've said you know I'm a great example I'm an underachiever I left school with barely any grades and you know and look at me now you know for me the sky is the limit and I haven't finished you know growing yet so I think that speaks volumes to people and you know just don't panic don't let grades define who you are and where you want to go in life you know, if you want something, regardless of grades, you're going to get there as long as you, you know, you've got the energy to want to do that. To be fair in life, just be yourself. You know, don't let anything stop you. And, you know, my saying has always been in my career that, you know, the sky is the limit. GCSE results are out tomorrow. And on our sister radio station, KMFM, you can hear the GCSE surgery tonight and tomorrow from seven with experts from EKC Group answering your questions. Kent Online News. Advice not to swim in the sea between Tankerton and Hearn Bay has been lifted after an electrical fault caused a major leak from a sewage treatment works. It happened in Swalecliff on Friday, a month after Southern Water was fined £90 million for thousands of leaks between 2010 and 2015. The firm's been urged to take urgent action amid fears over the impact of pollution. Canterbury is among the top 20 least affordable cities in the UK to buy a house. Halifax says buying a property there will cost nine times the average earnings. Fingers crossed the cloud stays away over the next couple of nights so we can see a meteor shower in the skies over Kent. Astronomers say it'll be the best of the year. It's caused by the Earth passing through debris left by a comet and should peak tomorrow evening. And the Love Island final is going to be shown on the giant screen at Margate's Dreamland. Fans will be able to see which couple wins the show when it's broadcast on August 23rd. You've got to be over 14 and under 16s will need to be with an adult. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are through to the second round of the Carabao Cup after beating Crawley Town on penalties. The game ended 2-all in normal time before the Jills won 10-9 on spot kicks last night. Boss Steve Evans spoke to us after the match and was proud of his young side. Young Harvey playing, um, young Gerald playing. Young Bailey playing, young Phillips playing. Um, it's a young side, and this is an experienced Crawley side, so it was going to be tough. We got away to a great start. Gerald does what strikers instinct teaches them to do. I think then they had a spell after half time, and um, for me, they're probably slightly on edge and on top of the game. We had to change the system. Kids were getting tired, we changed the system. Mustafa Cario had run himself into the ground. As soon as we changed the system, we were the more dynamic team and deserved to win a cup tie. And, Listen, if you, if you give the ball away in the central midfield area, simply twice for two goals from them, then it's disappointing from an individual point of view. But it takes nothing away from the character to score in 95, concede in 87, and then of the quality of the penalties that the boy displayed, showed some real class and character. Their chairman just come in and looked for me and um, had the same view as me about the challenge on young Gerald. It was horrendous. Um, 
but um, congratulated us. Thought we probably deserved to win it, but we'll take the win regardless how it comes. It's about winning football matches, and we sent the, the travelling fans home happy. So we're giving the kids an opportunity and putting them in and putting them out when you when you think it's right for them. These kids can't believe it. These kids are pinching themselves. You're talking about Harvey Jello getting released in January until we stepped in as a first team stuff. And you look at Jack Tucker and how far he's progressed. He was getting released too. So it's it's not about my judgment. It's about the judgment of the first team coaching staff that, that I've given these kids a chance. But really, really on Saturday, if we had enough bodies, they'd be back with the youth team, wouldn't they? They'd be playing on the youth team on Saturday morning. So, um, But they've stepped up. They've done great. I thought we'd have looked really good performances tonight. I thought Muzzy was very good in spells. I thought you know, Daniel Phillips is getting better. We played him in a slightly more advanced and different position tonight which is what he's normally. I think when we brought Lloyd on and Vidane Oliver, you could see the class immediately increase. But we're pleased. We're going through, we said before the game, let's go through in a cup tie. Let's look forward to the draw. We might not have enough players to play in it because we're dropping the flies, but we'll try our best. You can read our match reports at Kent Online. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk